the crowd. Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. We are one blot ahead, Daftes Zion. And uh, it's a long, uh, a long Agata to Gemara, very thick uh, uh, blot. We're going to finish all the way at the bottom of Tezayin at Bays tomorrow morning, uh, Friday morning at 7.10. We'll be learning Daf Zion, no Daf on Shabbos, back together in person on Sunday night. We're starting eight lines or so from the bottom of Tezvav and Bays. We've been in the midst of a sugya where we are learning about the halachos of an avil, and then always asking us follow-up questions. What about a menuda, someone who's been put into excommunication, or what about a mitzora? So let's get started with the final, uh, the final piece of that story. The Gemara says about seven, eight lines from the bottom, Avil, eno korbanos. An Avil is not allowed to send his korbanos through um, a messenger. The Tanya, Rib Shemenomer, Shlamim. When we talk about Shlamim, it's bizman shehu shalim. It's only at a time when he is shalim, below bizman shehu onen, and not at a time when he has a lost relative. It's very interesting that Gemara chooses the word onen here, because we were asking about Avelus in general, and the Gemara answers with a very specific answer. But the Meforshim understand this Gemara, that the word onen is not meant to be uh, just the, the narrower version of an onen, but really to speak globally about even Avelus. Just interesting, pick up on the word shalem. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi here explains the word shalem. Where is this Rashi? I didn't mark it off. Uh, Eight lines, first word on one. Eight lines from the top. From the bottom. So I think that's. Oh, I see it. Possible. I see it. I see it. Yeah, there you go. Right. The person is not right. so the exact opposite of an own. An has problems, but an is not Daito Yeah. He is but this, in the mitzvah. Yeah, but this the applies. It's true, but but the, but the halacha applies also oh, to an sure. oni that you but can't be mishalei. Oh yeah. Although I think it's an op- it's the opposite. Oh okay, I hear you. I hear you. I, I, I hear why you. I hear why why you're saying that. I hear that. Okay, that's the din. The Gemara says that that's true by an avil. What about a menuda? Maushi ishlach korbanosav. Amar of Yosef Tashma kolosan shanim shahayu yisrael b'midbar menudin hayu. With the Jews when they were in the midbar, they were considered to have been excommunicated. Nevertheless, with shalchul korbanosan, they still were able to send their korbanos through messengers. Amar le Abaye. Abaye is the one who's been flip flopping on this uh, many times. The Dilma menuda l'shamayim shani dekil. Maybe we should say that no, the Jews who when they're being menuda min shamayim, so that's different because that's more lenient, and maybe that's why they were allowed to bring their korbanos, but really maybe a regular scenario would not. But the Gemara, before even answering Abaye, uh, asks a question on Abaye. How could you say kill? Yesterday's blot, you said both chamir and kill. You said that uh, is good or bad. We don't even know which one. So like we saw yesterday, we'll see again three lines from the bottom. Really, Abaye was unsure if was considered worse than one from Bezdin, and therefore he used to use the argument as a question and say, I don't agree with you, possibly. I'm not sure. How do we know? He was basically saying, every time you talk about a min Hashemayim, I don't know if that's a Chumra or a Kula. So every time you ask about it, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say this comment because I don't understand uh, what the level of severity is for Nidwi min Hashemayim. Three lines from the bottom. So what about a Mitzorah? Tashma the Bryce Rest, the Tanya. We really need the end of this price, but we'll read the beginning as well. So this is speaking about a coin after he had become in touch with a mace, which he's not allowed to do. Fine. Again, we're not discussing that. We should count seven days, speaking about a mitzvah, that he has to count seven days, as we've seen earlier in the Masechta. And then the Pasuk writes, So what is that talking about? Unrelated to our Sugya as well. Top of Tezayin. Shalom. 
that is the first korban, the inaugural korban that a coin would make. That's what Rashi says at the top. She may be coin hedrut kishemischan chanosol avodatchiva. It's the first korban that he'll bring to be Rabbi Yehuda. Now let's get to the part of the brisa that we need. When a coin is allowed to do the avod, he's allowed to be ba into the into the basemekdash. Then just depends on his status. So you were asking about a question of a mitzora, and well, that if that mitzora is a kohen, then that really depends. Can the kohen send a messenger only if he's roi lebia, only if he's able to actually enter the mikdash himself? For the next uh, blot, basically until the almost until the end of the page. The Gemara is going to discuss some of the halachos about shamta. Shamta is an overarching category, which we refer to as excommunication. And there are multiple levels. <clears throat> the basic level, the simpler level, as we're going to learn about, is, is a cherem. Uh, and this, the higher level is referred to as muhram, where you're totally excommunicated, much, much of a sharper level. We're going to learn about both of those and some very basic questions about how a basin actually works. This Gemara is very, very important for Dayanam to learn as our old Gemaras, but this one is about how a Bezdin functions. Four lines down to Zayin How do we know that the Bezdin, the Dayanim themselves, don't go out? They send a Shaliach, says the Gemara, It says the Moshe sent people to go find Dasan and Avirim So therefore we know that you're allowed to send a Shaliach. How do we know that the, that the, that the, that the Dayanim are allowed to summon Someone to Bezdin says the Gemara, You too, you guys are with me. We, we got to talk now. Something's wrong here. Uh, and but when they go over to them, we have to say to the person, You are to meet before the great Rav, the great whoever, uh, the Dayanim. Says the Gemara, How do we know that that's supposed to be included in the introductory comments? It's like when you're issuing a warrant. But if you're issuing a warrant, you'd say, On behalf of the appellate court of X, on behalf of the Chashiva Bezdin of the Chicago Rabbinical Council, the good whatever it is, so how do we know that that's true? Because it says it should be done before Hashem with the Chashivas. What does it mean when it says the two of you? It's uh, including all of the litigants. How do we know that we need to clarify a time that they're supposed to meet? And Zimna, Basar Zimna. Let's say they don't listen the first time. How do we know that we can summon them a second time? That's based on the Pasuk. Here is from the word Shamta Rashi writes, so this paro of the time was given a Shamta, he was put into Nidui because he didn't listen to what he was supposed to do. And how do we know that if the Shaliach that was sent on behalf of Bezdin, if he gets berated by one of the litigants, and he comes back and he tells the Bezdin what happens, that this person, this Shaliach who was passing on the messages, of what happened that Lomi Bisha, that he didn't violate any of the halachos of Lashon Haro, says the Gemara, so we see from there that it's not Lashon Haro when the Shleach Bezin comes back and reports what happens. <clears throat> And how do we know that a Bezin has the latitude to put someone into Shamtin and to put them into this lower level of um, uh, this lower level of excommunication, because they, the curse of Meroz, Meroz was, uh, we'll see who Meroz was or what Meroz was soon, but the word Oru means that he was cursed, and that means that Bezdin has the, uh, the ability to put someone into Shamta, into the lower level of excommunication. And we have to say whatever the Psak is, that this is the Psak din of this Gavar Rabba. How do we know that that's the case? That we have to 
highlight his status, the, the status of the Dayanim, the Chsiv, Omar Malach Hashem, because it says one of the messengers of Hashem. How do we know that even the higher level of Harama, of being Muhram, that a Bezdin has the power to do so, the Chsiv, Oru Arur, another Pasuk that says that they're very cursed and they're very closed off. That's going to be the higher level of Chayram. Says the Gemara, how do we know that if a person was the Achil Vashasi Bahade, if you're eating and drinking with this person who's in Chayram, or the Koi Ba'arba Amos today, even being within his presence of Dalad Amos, that that's problematic, says the Gemara, the those who were near Meroz, as we'll soon see a Pshat and what's going on with Meroz. How do we know that if a person's in Chayram, that the Bezin is allowed to publicize their crimes? In the times of Barak, Barak and Deborah lived at the same time, and Barak, Deborah was a shofetess, and they had they had uh, told Maroz to join them, and it says, He didn't show up, and what did they do? They responded by having 400 shofar blowers, that's how he put him into, how he put him into excommunication, obviously a very, very public display that he had done something wrong. Who was this Maroz? Some say he was really very, a very great person, and some say nothing at all, he was a constellation of some kind, he was a star of some kind. Rashi here says that this is the, the star of Sisra, that Moroz was the star of Sisra or the, the constellation of Sisra. And these Gemars are a little hard to know. Like, like the famed Machlokas Rambam and Ramban, is every Pasuk and Chumash meant to be taken literal? Is there an Isr of actually putting a stumbling block before a blind person? Or is it meant for the homily that you can't lead someone astray by offering them food, knowing that they won't make a bracha? All the discussions there. And how do we know that uh, the Meroz is a reference to a kochav? There was a, an argument among the stars. And that was a reference to Meroz not listening to, to Devorah and Barak. The Gemara continues a quarter of the way down, 10 lines or so into the wide lines. We can, uh, we can uh, take over this person's uh, physical property. We can take his property. If he doesn't listen to Bezdin, he's done for. If you don't show up after three days of the wise officers and elders calling you, then all of your property can be put up for uh, spoils for people, for the Bezdin to hold on to. And you're going to be separated from the people. And how do we know, and this is a very politically charged comment, that Bezdin has the right to do the following, that there could be arguing, to curse people, to hit people, to even pull hair, and force people to swear. How do we know? Because the Pasuk writes, So is to hit, Kalalam is to curse, Amartem is to pull out hair or feathers, which normally by animals, but it's called Marita, and to make them swear. So we see from that Pasuk that they're allowed to do that. How do we know that we're allowed to grab onto them and tie them down and do what's referred to as hardafa? We'll see what hardafa is momentarily. Because the Pasuk says, We're allowed to do all of these things to him, leaving the Shrushe, Maila Shrushe. It says the Gemara, Amar Adamari, Amar Abnechemya Barbarov, Amar Avchia Barbarov. Oven, Amar of Yehuda, Hardafa. So the Pasuk, when it says the Shrushe, that you're allowed to do, to do uprooting, that is Hardafa. My Hardafa, we still don't know what Hardafa is. So says the Gemara, this that the Bezdin says you're allowed to do to a person who doesn't listen to the Bezdin. Amar of Yehuda, Bereder of Shmuel, Barshilas, Mishmederav, Menadin La'altar. It's instantly being put into, um, into Nidui, being put into excommunication. 
So that's what the din is, is that we, when we say that uh, we're allowed to tie him up, it doesn't, we're not beating the guy up. What we're doing is we're saying, you're going to listen to us or you're going to be put into excommunication. Then the Gemara says, that if a person is excommunicated for 30 days and he doesn't change his ways, he goes into another stage of 30 days. And then if after that he doesn't listen, he enters the higher level of harama, the higher level of excommunication on day 60. I disagree with the breaking down, the breakdown of days of 30, 30, 30. It's really not true. He enters the first level on Shani on a Monday. If he doesn't do Tshuva by Chamishi, he's put back into Cherem again. And if by the next Monday, Vishani, he doesn't do Tshuva yet again, he's put into the higher level of Cherem, of Machraminan. And says the Gemara, all of this, honey, immediately these levels only lemahona. That's if he's not keeping a, a baseline din of halacha when it comes to mominus. Aval afkirusa lealtar. If a person does afkirusa, if a person is not cautious about how he treats rabbanim, so then under those circumstances, he gets put into shamta immediately. No questions asked. Take a look at Rashi, an inch above where we are, a little bit more than halfway down in the Rashi's, la'afkirusa, mevaza talmidei chachamim. Anyone who is mevaza talmidei chachamim instantly are going to be put into a case, uh, a scenario of nidui, of some type of excommunication. To be clear, uh, it has to be the case that Bezdin puts someone into nidui. When someone puts themselves into excommunication, it's called nizifa, which we're going to learn about extensively today. And here's a story. Halfway down Tazayin, there was a particular butcher, he was extremely rude. He called out. He was very rude to Rav Tuvi Barmasa. And that when this came to Bezdin, were given the case to deal with, and they put this person, this this Tavach, this... This shochet or whatever he was is a butcher. They put him into shamtu. They put him into uh, excommunication. Lesov <clears throat> he felt bad about what he did. Azal paisel baldini. He went over to uh, he went over to the rub that he had uh, he had maligned. Rav Tuvi Barmas. He apologized and he said like I'm really sorry. I, I didn't mean the words that I said. I'm sorry. What should we do? I'm, I'm stuck. On the one hand, he did something wrong. And therefore, Lishrile, should I undo now that he apologized? Do I just take him out of Shamta? I take him out of his excommunication. If I do that, then Lochal Shamta Le Tlasin Yom. And then he hasn't kept his 30 days, which is the standard. And says the Gemara, Lo Lishrile. If I don't free him up, then we have another problem. They need to utilize him because he's the butcher. He's the only butcher in town. So if you take him out, then he hasn't done the 30 days. If you leave him in, then no one's going to have any meat to eat. What should we do? We're stuck between a rock and a hard place. What? That's not an option. You notice the Gemara did not say, you just gave a Raya Brura that being a vegan is not an option. Because the Gemara says, that's a beautiful argument. It's a clear Raya. I'm not such a carnivore, but the Gemara, the Gemara stipulates very clearly in its Havamina that the meat has to be available. Okay. Anyways, that's, that's, the, that's the, the quandary. He says to him, did you hear an answer to this question? I'm stuck. It hasn't been 30 days, but we need him as a, as a butcher. Here's the answer that Shmuel gave. Unbelievable how words travel. Tut asar. The sound of the shofar forbade him. The tut shari. The sound of the shofar will release him. And like the word English, like, like toot, the same exact thing. What? Yeah, it's exactly right. It's a, uh, it is, a, it seems to be the same exact word. Right, exactly. It's spelled differently, but yeah. That's a, well, that's a, that's a strawberry. That's a tough, that's a tough, yeah. Toot sadez, tough above tough. Yeah.
Anyways, this is the sound and the etymology seemed to carry, the spelling seemed to carry over from one generation to the next. Is it onomatopoeia or is it actually a word? I'm sure it's in the dictionary now, but that doesn't mean anything. I wonder if it's actually a word or if it's just that a word that we use like onomatopoeia, I don't know. Dad, you got to be, it's toot or? It is, uh, it is. Uh, There's a toast with some monopoly. Can you play it in Scrabble? Mm -hmm. Th that's the question to ask Dr. Karish. Toot? No, toot. <laughs> yeah, is that a real word? Anyways. Um, the example we give of onomatopoeias, the tintinabulation of the bells, 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 and that, that's supposed to make it sound like. Oh, is that what they're supposed to sound like? All right. The more you know, the more you know. You, it's Shmuel Mordechai, Mordechai Shmuel sharing the table today. So it's. Uh, I would love to like go through your class next semester. Is that like possible? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I want to watch the two of you on Zoom. That's what I want. Radio Pharmaceutical Chemistry 101. It's going to be great. Omar Lay, he says back to him, I understand your answer that a shofar that brings you into your shamta could bring you out, but that's only true. Hanimili the mamona. But in this case, this wasn't the case of Mamanis. He maligned the rough. So therefore, you don't have the leniency. It seems to be that we should have to wait a full 30 days. If you're going to be mafkir a rub, if you're going to say something that's not right about a rub, you belong to Nidui for 30 days. And there's an implication that's made here from the Gemara Alma. It seems to be that Kasavar Abaye, that Hani Dishmitu, Lo Asu that the three people that put someone into Nidui, uh, no one else can do it. You can't have other, if I'm, if I'm well, let's say it's a, you know, let's say the three of us, I'm, I'm related to you. So let's say Mark and Michael and I put someone into Nidui. Only the three of us can take him out of Nidui, not another three people. It has to only be us. And says the Gemara, Lo and this was a long-standing question, two-thirds of the way down. If three people, per people A, B, and C, put someone into Nidui, what about people D, E, and F? Can they take that guy out of Nidui? This is what we do every year by Atarsh Nadarma Dugma, that we didn't make our commitments to the Dayanam that are here, but they can get us out of our mess. Fine. That was what the Gemara's question was. The Gemara says, Tashma, let's see. If there is a Rav who makes a, who makes a Talmud into uh, an excommunicated person, then it applies, then the students have to treat him the same way. But the other way is not true. If the Talmudim pick one of their friends who deserves to be Bishamta, so that doesn't apply to the Rav. The Rav doesn't have to treat him the same way. Similarly, <clears throat> If I live in my city and someone feels the need to put me into Nidui because I'm not listening to Bezdin, that's true in my city. And therefore, everywhere I travel, the halacha also applies. However, if I'm out of town, let's say I'm not in Chicago, I'm in, I'm in Pittsburgh, wherever, and I'm in Nidui, then when I come home, I'm not, I'm not necessarily in Nidui. It doesn't work that way. Now, menuda lenasi, menuda lekol Yisrael. If the nasi of the Jewish people puts someone into shamta, it applies to everyone. But menuda lekol Yisrael ain't menuda lenasi. If it wasn't the nasi who put him into who put him into shamta, then the nasi has a, has a hand over him. He still doesn't have to treat him that way. And here is the halacha that applies most directly to us. Says the Gemara, Rashbag Omer, Echad Minat Talmidim Shenida. If there was one student who uh, put someone into Shamta, put someone into Nidui, and he died, so then Chelko Eino Mufar. It seems to be that his, his one person is Eino Mufar. His one person is Eino Mufar, that that person is still going to be stuck and trapped in. Uh, 
I don't have to go to the airport. I know you don't. You, who's, who are you picking up? Very nice. Uncle Charles. Uncle Charles. 45 minutes early. All right. Go say hi. Crapped up my Gamora. She, she tell him that. But I do love my brother. So. Oh, that's so nice. All right. Let's go. <laughs> let's uh, let's not take this out of any out of out of line anymore. It says the Gemara Chelko We learn three things from here, three quarters of the way down. We learn three things from this Gemara. Talmud Niduyo Nidui. That if there is a Talmud uh, who puts another person into Shamta because of his own kavod, that's still considered to be an excommunication. It's valid to some degree. Then each person has to play a role. In if I put the person into Shamta, I have to be the one to take him out. And the third one is, It has to be that I'm one of the three. If I put him in, I have to be one of the ones to take him out. However, Amemar doesn't agree with this. He disagrees. He says that if people A, B, and C puts, put a person into Shamta, another three people can take him out. Okay, fine. Says the Gemara, How can you say that? My love, it seems to be that it has to specifically be that of the three people, A, B, and C, who put someone into Shamta, they put them into excommunication, they have to be involved in undoing that. So how can you say that, Amemar? So he says, "Lo, that's not what the Brisa means. It's Ada Asabet Tlasacharini Visharla. You're right that one person can't get him out, but a different set of people, people D, E, and F, they can get him out. No problem at all. Fine. Says the Gemara starting a new Brisa, but on the same topic, Tanu Ravonon, where eight, nine, ten lines from the bottom of the page says Zayin Amad Aleph. Nidui should be thirty days. Nizifa is a self-imposed." Uh, type of excommunication where you recognize you did something wrong and you put yourself into Nazifa. And that says the Gemara should always be seven days. Even though I can't prove it, there is a Pasuk that indicates as much. The Pasuk by Miriam. If your father would spit in your face, wouldn't it mean that you would then have to spend at least seven days by yourselves? So that's an implication of Nazifa where Miriam should have taken seven days on her own to go be away from the people. She spoke Lashon Hara. Our Nidui is like their Nizifa. And that's only seven days. Says the Gemara How can you say that it's not more than seven days? Here are a whole host of stories where we see that it was actually more than seven days. It was 30 days. Rab Shimon, the son of Rabbi Udanasi, Ubar Kapara. They were chavrusas. They were sitting and they were learning. They were learning a sugya that they didn't understand. Hard for us to understand that they didn't understand something, but they didn't. Amar le Rav Shimon, Libar Kapara, Rav Shimon, the son of Rebbe, said to Bar Kapara, Davar Zetzarach Rebbe. This, this needs a Rebbe. He wasn't directly talking about his father. He was just saying, this needs a rub. We need help. We're stuck on the sugya. Go ask a Shiloh. Amar le Bar Kapara, Rav Shimon, Umar Rebbe Omer Badavar it doesn't seem clear that that's what Bar Kapara was trying to do to insult Rebbe, but he said, what can Rebbe even help us with over here? So that night, Rebbe Shimon went home, Azal, Amar Avua. He went home and he told his father what happened. They were learning a, a tough sugya, and I said this, and he said that, and it seemed to be a direct comment to Rebbe. In Ikbit, Rebbe got upset that Bar Kapara spoke this way to him. So then, uh, the next day, or soon after, Asa Bar Kapara So then Bar Kapara had gone to go do the mitzvah of Cholam to visit Rebbe. Rebbe had uh, some some uh, medical issues he was dealing with. Omar Le Bar Kapara, any Makircha I don't even know who you are. I don't even recognize you. 
So uh, he read between the lines, Yoda did not keep Nilsa Bidaite. Bar Kapara understood that Rebbe took his comment personally. And, and he treated himself with a self-imposed exile of sorts for 30 days. Shuv Pamachas, another story. Rebbe said that you're my students. My students are not allowed to teach Torah to others in a public place. My Darash, what was the drasha that Rebbe had said that implied that Torah should not be taught in a public setting in a shuk? Says the Gemara, because the Pasuk says, that the thighs, a part of the thighs that are invisible are like jewels, just like the thigh is invisible. The same is true that Torah learning should be done. And then while that's true, that that was Rebbe's decree, Yata Rebbe gave a shear to two people, his nephews in the marketplace, the Rav, Ule Rabba Bar Ravchana. And then Shama Rebbe, Rebbe heard what happened in Iqbid. He got very upset. I made a Xera for my Talmudim. You can't teach Torah in the Shuk. These two guys are sitting down on a bench in the Shuk learning a Daf Kamar. It's not right. You should not be learning in public. Anyways, the parallel story is that Asa Rebchia went to go to Bikr Cholim and he went to go visit Rebbe. Omar Lay and Rebbe totally railed on him and he called him Ia. Uh, do you remember we learned uh, many blot ago that Rufchia had a speech impediment and he was terrible with chesses? We learned about this a while back. So what was Rebbe doing? He was saying a derogatory language, a bad nickname, which we learned about, by the way, no bad nicknames, says the Gemara. He was referring to him by the name that he, that he would call himself. What's your name? Ia, because he couldn't say the ches. So his name is Chia, but it sounded like Ia is making fun of him. Someone talking to you outside. Oh, oh, you, you taught Shira outside. I told you not to teach Shira outside. So Yoda did not have Mel Sebedaiti. Rav Chia kind of picked up on the glaring clues that clearly Rebbe was upset. No Agnizivu Sebenafshin plus in Yomim. And he also did a self-imposed 30 days because he didn't listen to his Rebbe. Some of the Mephorshim here explain that it's true that we don't give negative nicknames to people. However, between a Rebbe and a Talmud, there's a sharpness that is allowed because a Rebbe knows how to move people the right way. And under those circumstances, Rebbe was not out of line. Says the Gemara six lines down on Tezayin and Midbez. The Yom Tlasin, on the 30th day after Rebchia uh, put himself in the, in the Zifa, in, in the Nizibusa, in a self-imposed exile, Shalach Leita, he sent to him, come back. And then Hadar, and then Rebbe actually sent another one, Hadar Shalach Leitah, no, 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 don't come back. It's like one text message after another, but it's by letter, so it's obviously a much longer response. So the Gemara interjects, trying to understand what happened in Rebbe's mind. Why did you first tell him that he can come back? And then why did you change your mind to say that he can't? Initially, when I was doing the math, I felt that it was I sent my letter at 9 a.m., you're done. Somebody bring him back. And then, but that we don't say by Nazifa, we don't say Anyways, Lesof Asa. Rebchia came back in the middle of that day. Amarle, Amai Asis. Rebbe saw me. He's like, What are you doing here? You're not done with your 30 days yet. It's still the middle of the day. And we don't hold the Mixasayam Kikulo. Amarle, I only saw the first letter, the Shalachli Mardalesi. He says, I also sent a letter that you shouldn't come back, stay where you are. And then instead of Rebbe getting upset, Rebbe looked at the situation as, that if a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants someone to be in a certain place, even his enemies have to be good with that. It was just tongue in cheek saying that, okay, I, whether or not I wanted you to be back, it doesn't matter because obviously a Kaddish Baruch Hu wanted you to be back. So my taima of Admar Hachi, 
Let's ask against Rebchia. Rebchia, that exera from your Rebbe. What were you doing? Why were you teaching publicly if Rebbe said you're not allowed? Because the wisdom of the outside will be, will be joyous. So said, that's a good argument. So why then did he do that? Rebbe says back to Rebchia, in Karis Lo Shanis, if you read it once, you certainly didn't read it twice. And if the Imshanis, if you read that Pasuk of Chachmas Bachut Taruna twice, Lo Lo Shilshis, you didn't read it a third time. The Imshanis, if you read it the third time and you still didn't understand it, Lo Pirshulach. Nobody ever explained it to you. That's not what the Pasuk means. Rebbe explains to his Talmud, Chachmas Bachut Taruna Kidirava. We understand that Pasuk like Anyone who learns privately in the in the insular walls of the Beis Hamedrash, people will know about his learning even outside the base. But you don't have to publicize it. Don't worry about it. That's not what the Pasuk means. Hold on one second. Not everything should be in private. Says the Gemara. That was when they had a, a Yom Dekala, which was like the... In our language, Yom Adekala was a day when everybody got together to learn, and that typically happened around the Chagim. What do you do with the Pasuk that your Rebbe led with? The Pasuk that says, as a, as a mashal, that there's a part of the leg that is invisible, and that should be the, comp- the comparison to Torah. That wasn't talking about Talmud Torah. It's talking about the mitzvah of Tzedakah, which should be done by Seser. And it should be talking about Gemilus Chasadim, which as well should, should have been done by Seser. Either way, from all of these stories, this is like a 30-line question. Alma, what do we see? Nazifa did hutzlas in Yomen. We see that Nazifa is 30 days. We started at the bottom of Tez Zion and Bay saying that Nazifa is only seven days. That's not true. What about all these stories? Says the Gemara, it's different. Nazifa is nasi shiny. When the nasi tells you to, that you're in Nazifa, that's much different. When Nazifa did done, the Nazifa outside of Eretz Yisrael, Kamahave, how much is Nazifa nowadays? Chad uh, Yoma, it's even only one day. And let's learn three stories about this. The Gemara says, Shmuel was the Rebbe of Mar Ukva. Great historical note. It's the only way to understand this page. Uh, and it's just good to hold in the memory banks that Shmuel was the Rebbe of Mar Ukva. When they were learning Torah together in the base Medrash, Marukva would sit Daladamos away from Shmuel out of deference, out of respect. However, when they were in Bezdin together, Marukva was the Talmud, but he was the Rosha Bezdin. Then Marukva would take the chair and his Rebbe would move away Daladamos because in this frame, Marukva was the Rosha Bezdin. But when Marukva was the Rosha Bezdin, they carved out a specific place for Marukva to sit in, even when he was the Rosha Bezdin, so that he could be within earshot of his Rebbe of Shmuel, so that he could hear whatever Shmuel was saying. Very important to hear the Rebbe. Okay, fine. The story continues. Every day, Marukva would walk Shmuel home. He'd walk his Rebbe home until he got to his door. Yomachad, one day they were walking home, but Itrad Bedine, Marukva was really struggling to understand one of the Psakim of that day. And Havazil Shmuel Basre, Shmuel was kind of uh, walking behind him. This, he was walking around in a, just trying to figure out, what, I don't understand the Sugya, what, what was the din? So Marukva was distracted. Kimata Lebese, when they finally got to the home of Shmuel, Shmuel piped up, Amarle, Lo Nagalach, isn't it bright to you? Isn't it clear to you, says the Gemara? Lishri Li Marbetigri, let me get out of this uncomfortable situation. In other words, Shmuel was not respected by Marukva. Marukva was totally spacing out in learning, but he should have been focused on his Rebbe, and he wasn't. So says the Gemara at that time, when he heard those words come out of Shmuel's mouth, Marukva knew Yoda to Nakam Nilsibidaite, and therefore Nagnazibusibinafshechadyoma. And he took one day of self imposed exile to make himself uh, pay a little bit more attention to his Rebbe.
The next story, eight lines down into the wide lines, halfway down on the page, Ahitza, there was a woman, she was sitting at the crossroads, and Havas Pashtakare, she had her legs uh, fully extended out into the road, and she was cleaning off barley in some type of uh, filter. And there was a certain Rav that walked by, and he expected her to retract her legs, to move her legs out of the way so he could walk down the street. She didn't do so, she left her legs as they were. Omar this woman is so rude. This woman was concerned that maybe she was Bishabda, so she went to go ask Ashila. She said, I was sitting there, I didn't realize what was going on. My legs were extended. And uh, this guy, this young rough in the community, wanted to walk by. I didn't realize what was happening. And he, he said something not nice to me. Omar Pume. Did he say from his mouth that you are Shamta, that you are excommunicated? Amr Leila, she said, no, you are not excommunicated. Amr Leila, so Rav Nachman said back to this woman, Zili, you should go. You should take one day of reprieve from society, go back, uh, just take a day off and, uh, and focus. Right, it's kind of a self-imposed, it's not an actual excommunication, but he treated, she treated Rav not nicely, and she took a one day a self-imposed uh, excommunication. Then says the Gemara, This is the third story of how we know that in Bavel, that Yom Nizivusa was only one day. So this person was learning Psukim in front of Rav Yehuda. When he got to the following Pasuk, the Pasuk reads, these are the final words the Gemara is understood by the Rishonim to mean that it was the final prophetic words of David. And, uh, and the Talmud asked the question, It seems to be that if this was the Achronim, that there must also be a first prophecy that uh, David gave. What is it? Rishonim, my nihu. However, Rabbi Huda didn't answer. And the Talmud thought that the Rebbe didn't understand, that didn't, uh, didn't hear, excuse me. So he repeated the question word for word. Says the Gemara... Hadar Amar, uh, sorry, yeah, Hadar Amarle, Achronim Echlal Dika Rishonim, Rishonim Maihi. What, what, he asks the same question again. So Rabbi Huda barks back and says, Amarle, my daitach, what is it that you're thinking? You think that it's someone who doesn't know the answer to this question isn't the great person? Are you just digging to try to get me to be, uh, you know, stump the rabbi? What are you doing? Why are you even asking this? You already just asked me. Why are you asking again? Okay, so he picked up on the clue. So we see over here that he actually did it, uh, do the self-imposed day of excommunication. And says the Gemara, He does make a good point. So he says, what in fact was the first, it was a great question, Rabbi Huda never answered it because he was annoyed. But what is the answer to the question? Says the Gemara, the answer is, um, uh, when Shaul, uh, was when David was finally shaved, saved Mikav Shaul, so then David sang a Shira. This was his first Nevoah. Kadosh Baruch Hu says to David, David, Shira How could you possibly sing when Shaul is now no longer there to kill you? Had you switched places? The Rishonim here say it's not just that. It's if they lived under different mazalos. That's what Rashi says. Rashi says five lines down, If that's true, back in the Gemara, a lot of David's would have been killed. <laughs> Had David's mazal been Shaul's and vice versa, a lot of David's would have been killed. That's why the Pasuk says, 
uh, that David re- regretted his, his shira. Shikayon David asher Sharla Hashem al Kush ben Yemini. He refers to David. He refers to Shaul as Kush. Kush Shemo Shaul Shemo. Shaul's name is Shaul, not Kush. Just like the Kushi people had a darker skin, and that just like that was a difference for them. Even Shaul, he was different in his ways. And Rashi here highlights that he was a tzaddik gomor. And then we have this similar idea where Kush was used as a, uh, as a model, as a homily, as a mushal for something that was actually quite good. A reference to Tzipora. But her name was not Kushis. Her name was Tzipora. That she was a Tzadik Eskimor as well, super modest person. And we, again, we use the mushal of Kushis that just like these people are are very different because of their skin. So too, this, this person is very different for her own reason and that she's a tzaddikas. And similarly, yet again, the word kush, kush is used again. But that kushi was tzidkiyo. Just like people with colored skin have a difference to them in the color of their skin. So uh, it's just very interesting. Like we, our, our modern culture, we flipped everything around so negatively. The Gemara refers positively. It's being used as a positive muscle for tzaddik, just a different color of skin. It's uh, not used in a negative way at all. Okay, fine. That's what the Gemara says. One more example of this. Okay, it's, Probably in that day, they weren't dangerous. Okay, this, no, we're not doing that. Okay, there's probably fewer people uh, of different colored skins because of the the evolutions of the world, but we're not we're not going there. <laughs> now I have to edit my videos for the first time. Yeah, it's time. It's time. Coyote Omer, seven hundred and fifty-two block. I have to see how loud it came out. I may just kind of drop the volume a little bit. A reference to the Jews as Kushim. The Jews are referred to as Yisrael. Just like the, those with colored skin, they just have a difference in their skin. The Jews have different behaviors. Heard a beautiful share many years ago. The Jews are supposed to be maladapted. We always dress a little differently. We always talk a little differently. We don't physically interact with the opposite gender. There's so many differences. Our kashas, I can sit in the restaurant and just give me a Coke, just give me a water. There's so many things that we do. We're supposed to be maladapted in some degree. We're not supposed to be perfectly enmeshed in society. Fine. What does the Pasuk mean when it says, David ben Gever? Hukam Ol. So the Gemara says in the words Hukam Ol about David, Nuum David ben Yishai Shehekim Ola Shel Chuba. He showed the power of Chuba after the mice of Bathsheba. Amar Lekei Yisrael Li Davar Tzur Yisrael Moshe Ba'adam Tzadik Moshe Lira Selukim Ma'ika Amar. What's shot in the pasuk? Amar Rabbi Abba Hachi Kamar. Here's what the pasuk means. Amar Lekei Yisrael Li Hashem said to me. I'm the one who's in charge of man. Who rules over Hashem? Says the Gemara, that a, that a tzaddik is able to uproot that which I am gozer. Very powerful idea. Similarly, So this Pasuk has a lot of names. I have to read the rest of the Pasuk to make it valuable that there were a lot of names of people who were Giborim. And the Pasuk reads, Bashebas was one name, Tachkemoni was one name, Rosha Shalishi, who was another name, Adino Haetzni, Vichule. Uh, so let's see what the Gemara means by all of these names, says the Gemara. Maikam, what's Pshat with all of these names of the Giborim of David? They're not normal names. I'm Rabbi Bo Hachikam. 
this is the what's a shot in the pasuk. These are the character characteristics of strengths of David. Yosheh Basheves, what does that mean? Bishasha Yosheh Yeshiva, when he was in Yeshiva, Lohaya Yosheva Gabekar Muksasos, Ella Al Gabekarka. When he was in Yeshiva, he never sat on a pillowed chair or on the or anything else. He sat on the ground. The Khokama Dahava Rabe, when his Rebbe was alive, his Rebbe's name was Ira Hayiri. Whenever he was alive, so that the Rebbe have a masne luhul rabban al gabikar muksasos. The Rebbe would sit on pillows and blankets to be comfortable. Kinoch nafshe. When he died, it was then anticipated that David would take over and have a masne David the rabban, and he was then teaching in yeshiva. But still, have a yosef al gabikarka. He wouldn't get off the ground. Amrule, they said to him, "You're the Rebbe. Leisev mara kar muksasos. You should sit on the pillows and sit on the comfortable. Says on something comfortable. Says more lo kabila So that's one of the things where he was praised. One of the character strength was yosef. He was very happy with his seat sitting on the ground. So what is that language of strength of David? Because you lowered yourself to hate kimoni. That's what it means. To hate kimoni. Be like me. You can be somewhat godlike and that I can put out a gazera and you can undo it. What does it mean? You're going to be the crown jewel. You're going to be the one who's the leader of the three avos. What what does that mean? When he was actually sitting and learning, learning he would roll over like a worm would. He would fold himself over, kafuf, totally bent over. But when he had to stand up in battle, he would make himself as strong as a tree standing up tall and proud. Lastly, four lines from the bottom, the Pasuk continues, the same Pasuk, what is this reference to David, his strength of all of the, uh, of, uh, of killing 800 people at once? That is an archer. This guy would fire off, this guy, excuse me, David Amalek would fire off one arrow and kill 800 people. And you know what? It bothered him. Why didn't I get the extra 200 to get to 1,000? Why did he think that? How can one chase 1,000? So he knows that it's possible that one can chase 1,000. Why didn't he get the 1,000? Why was he only merit, Why did he only merit to get 800? I'm going to limit your capacity in killing here uh, as a... As a soldier, a tzaddik should be able to kill a thousand. You are a tzaddik gummer, but I had to limit, pull back a little bit of your koach because of what you did with Uriah. Famously with Uriah, uh, Bas Sheva was married to Uriah and he put Uriah on the front lines and he ended up being killed. And then the retroactive get that was set out, okay, the whole long story, we'll speak about it another time. We're going to stop right here, two lines from the bottom. We'll pick up tomorrow morning at 710 with Dr. Zion, wishing you all a beautiful night.